moved here from the United States. It's been almost a year, uh, closer to eight months maybe, um, since we moved over. But the church that we came out of was a non-denominational church. However, that church um, was a part of a network. And I'm finding that denomination, network, it's kind of the same, kind of the same thing. But So this was my first time to really get to see how a denomination looks and operates when they come together. And... Um, so I just wanted to share a little bit about that and kind of what's on my heart concerning that. Is that okay? <laughs> Is it a good enough Mother's Day message? <laughs> Sorry, my mind doesn't, it didn't go there today. Um, so, so my first impressions of uh, this meeting, this conference, so it was, went from, started on Wednesday and then went till Saturday morning. There's all kinds of services for us to, to get to be a part of, and then workshops, and all of it's supposed to help build us up as ministers, because sometimes, you know, we don't get to be the ones sitting and, and feeding on the Word of God, and often we're the ones, you know, taking in the words we can come and bring it, and so anyways, it was nice to just sit and not have any expectation um, on us, and just hearing from God, and so, um, so I just wanted to share a little bit, um, and uh, this is a Churches of Christ church in a sense. Did, you, did everyone know that here? That this, is, this church is, is within the Churches of Christ denomination in a way. Um, so I guess what's happened in time past is Churches of Christ, there was a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to say split or division because that that, those words aren't wonderful sounding. Um, but there was, um, there was a part, there was kind of a why that happened. And so there was uh, a part of the movement or the denomination that um, I think that they leaned more towards uh, the things of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit. And so what happened was um, you kind of brought a little bit of division. So you had your real uh, traditional churches of Christ, and then you had these other people over here who were really hungry to know what is God doing today. They wanted to allow the Holy Spirit into their churches. And so when that happened, there was an, a movement that kind of broke out of that, and that's called Fresh Hope. And so um, Andrew Ball, he's kind of the um, leader of this and, and started the Fresh Hope movement. And they call it a movement instead of a denomination because um, the word denomination, we, we think of something when we hear of the word denomination, don't we? We have strings attached to that word. But the word movement implies that God is moving and, and always continuing to move. And so this is actually a Fresh Hope church. We were within the Fresh Hope movement, and so that's what we would consider the lighthouse is out of the movement of Fresh Hope. Um, so... Um, what did I see at the conference? Andrew Ball, who is the kind of head of all this, the Fresh Hope movement, um, he got up and spoke. Um, and I'll, I'll share about that in just a second. But I wanted to say my first impression of, of this conference and this group of believers, um, where there was a family atmosphere. Um, I really loved that, that um, there were children were there and present. Um, we felt welcomed. Um, it wasn't a giant group um, of people, but it was, a, it was a large group. But everybody was so hospitable, and there was definitely a feel of family. And um, that's something very unique um, to have this attitude like we're in this together, not all out for our own, you know, purposes. 
and our own plans. So that was one thing that hit me. The other, another thing um, that hit me um, was that the movement or denomination, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, the movement as a whole is at a crossroads again, at this junction or a Y in the road. Um, so there's two sides to this Y. And you could kind of feel, I mean, there was the family atmosphere, but you could kind of feel that there was this why. You could feel it in the air um, a little bit. And so on one side of the why, um, you have the people who want to keep doing the same thing that they've always been doing. They want to hold on to tradition and things that have happened and people that have happened for us. And, and there's no condemnation about, against that. You know, they see it as a way of honoring the people that came before them, the pioneers that came before them. And so holding on to the past, sometimes you feel like if you let go of it, then you're going to be dishonoring all those people who worked so hard to get this, you know, denomination to where they are currently. Um, another thing on this side of the why was um, kind of fearful of change. Uh, what, is it, what does it mean? What is all this change going to mean? Because here's the thing, I probably should have said this before, you could sense in the air and you could hear people, this rumbling, talking about something has got to change. Something within the denomination, the movement has got to change. Because I don't know why. Um, we, they laid out all the, the numbers and the, um, you know, I heard all kinds of statistics and everything this week. But here's the thing. If, if, the, um, if the denomination does not do something different, if we do not seek God and find out what this different is, the future for Churches of Christ does not look very good. Um, there are churches closing all over the place. And I think we should also say that this isn't just Churches of Christ, right? I mean, there are other churches. I mean, can we all... Could we all agree that maybe the church here in Australia is not as healthy as it once was? Okay. Um, and so that was kind of the recognition that was happening this last week was recognizing the road we're going down is not working. The road that we're going down, there's, there's something we need to do different because if we don't, if we keep following this trajectory, um, Churches are going to close. Um, and that's, I know that, that seems kind of scary. And so I'm going to go back to the, to the why. So again, people are, are, are afraid of change. What does that mean? What does all this change, what does it look like? Um, what, are they, what, are we, what does God want from us? What do, what do these men want from us, you know? Um, another thing um, against, some people are against untraditional ideas. Um, Another thing on the other side of this why is a negative feeling towards the concept of um, uh, let's see, I can't even read my own writing. Um, there's this uh, fear or maybe this unwillingness to allow, again, the Holy Spirit to come in. Um, so then you have the other side of this why of people who are very hopeful, not at all afraid or scared of what's happening, but as an opportunity to go to God 
and find out what he wants. And um, so you could tell there was this definite uh, why. These people on this side, and there's these people on this side. But I love that there was a unity that kind of said, we want to do this together. Um, so on, on the other side of the why, we had the people who were looking at innovative ideas of how to do church. Um, pioneering new works or new churches. Uh, looking to the future and seeing, seeking God to discover what is he doing today. And openness to unapologetically declare that they are Pentecostal. Allowing the Holy Spirit into the lives and services with the Antioch church as the Bible, as our standard. So these are things that I literally quoted um, from Andrew Ball, the way he sees it, that if we are going to exist as a denomination or as a group of believers in 10 years, 20 years, we're going to have to start opening our hearts and minds to what is God doing. Um, so here are a few things that, um, he had suggested that we could do right now to, um, to get us on the right track. The first one was to pray. And this may seem like a very unnatural thing to do, um, to just pray, that being the first, um, the first thing that we should do. But that's what he suggested was that we put an emphasis on the power of prayer and that a move of God must be birthed out of, a power of, out of the power of prayer. I totally, absolutely, 100% agree in this. Any move that you can ever find ever in the past was birthed out of a move of prayer. I don't think that, I do not believe that God is this God who just, oh, these, I think I just feel like pouring out the spirit over these people today. No, there's always a hunger, a stirring, a desire, a prayer, a cry that comes out, and God quenches uh, the thirst of the thirsty. Um, number two, another thing he said was we must consider the thumbprint of our movement. And the, what he described as a thumbprint, he said, look, if Let's take Hillsong, for example. If Hillsong's thumbprint is music, which we could all agree that Hillsong is known for their music. In the United States, I didn't know anything hardly about Hillsong other than I listened to some of their music. But so if their thumbprint is music, then you could say, looking at the origins of the movement of Churches of Christ, that our thumbprint uh, would be evangelism and entrepreneurship. I can't even tell you how much that excites me. <laughs> I love evangelism. I love reaching out to the lost. I absolutely, 100%, think that that is our job as a church to reach out um, to the lost, whatever that looks like. Um, so evangelism and entrepreneurship. Um, although we're in the early days of this, um, I'm excited about what God has in store. Um, as I said, evangelism speaks to my heart. Um, give me a second. Is everybody doing okay? <laughs> Is everybody doing all right? Okay. Um, 
I guess the question that I really want to raise is which side of the why are we on here at the lighthouse? Um, I feel, really feel like these are exciting times. I don't, uh, I know God brought me here for such a time as this. I know that you are here for such a time as this. And I know God has some really exciting things in store uh, for the church, the body of Christ, the body of Christ here in Australia, and also here at the lighthouse. Um, I guess that's my question, is I want to know which side of the why um, we're on. Because I want to be on the cutting edge of what God is doing. That's my greatest desire in life, is to see the plan of God for my life and walk it out to the fullest. It is so, that's where adventure is. That's where life is. That's where, you know, I'll tell you what, with an evangelistic heart like I have, I want to see people saved everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, I go to the grocery store and I talk to somebody. My first thought is always, do they know Jesus? <laughs> but I will tell you, I have had more success winning people to Christ just walking out the call of God on my life. Just being who I am, just seeking after God, finding out and discovering his plan for my life has been more effective than anything else. And I... I, uh, I, I, and I totally 100% believe that for you guys too. So I guess, you know, when we talk about all this and I talk about the, you know, the movement and the church and um, does it concern you? Good. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. It does. It should. I hope it does. Or why are you here? Why are we here? Um, do we care about the future of this church? Do we care about the lighthouse? Do we care about fresh hope? Do we care about the churches of Christ? Do we care about the bride of Christ? Do we care about Australia? I know you all do. I know in our heart of hearts we do. Um, unfortunately, life gets in the way, doesn't it? Um, Peter and I really want to start conversations along these lines. We would like to ask you to start considering how these things affect you. Um, we understand that things cannot be done hastily or aggressively, and we consider the fact that this is a family. And uh, we care about every thought, every opinion, and every concern that you have. Um, we're just simply asking you to look forward to the future of the lighthouse, and what do you see in the future? That was something that the, that uh, they challenged us. They said, they said, if you could, um, if you're alive in 50 years, where do you see your church? And 50 years seems awfully hard for me to think. Where am I going to be in 50 years? Um, so how about 10? Where do you see this church in 10 years? What do you see this church doing? What does this church look like? I love um, Helen and Ian, or for those of you who might not know, Pastor Ian and Helen were the pastors before Peter and I, and they were there, and it was so neat. They called Helen up. I just, oh, I love Helen so much. Um, so they called Helen up, because they did like this thing where they had a panel of, um, you know, different people, and they just wanted to open this discussion up of what's worked, 
you know, why, why do we feel like something, why, you know, let's just have a discussion. So they had these panel of people on the, on the, on the stage. And um, so they called Helen up and they said, you know, recognize she's at the end of her ministry. We've been talking about, you know, what our ministry, you know, what our ministries might look like in 50 years. But I want, we want to call up, uh, you know, Miss Helen Allen to the, to the, to the stage. And we want to ask her, what does she see in 50 years? Because she's got this wisdom, right? She's kind of at the end of her, uh, I believe they're not done. They've got, they've still got things to do. I don't think that we ever retire from ministry um, any more than we are called to ministry. We're all called to ministry. And so I don't think there's a beginning and an end. And a, so anyways, uh, they asked her, how do you, or where do you see the church? And she had just so much wisdom, of course, as Helen does. And she basically said, I don't see, I don't ask myself how so much as I do what will the church look like? What will the church be declaring? And she basically just said, Jesus should be the center of the church and the Holy Spirit should be free to move. And these things are just cut right to the heart, right? Because you have all these people who are, you know, you have the young pioneers. They, we have a pioneering branch within Fresh Hope, and they're doing new things, and they're all about me and Peter's age. And so they're doing these, you know, amazing things, and they're trying to figure out, you know, what works, and they're trying to figure out, you know, how can we reach people? And then um, I love how Helen just got right to the point of the thing and said, it's about Jesus, it's about the Holy Spirit, and I don't care what kind of cool events we throw or what kind of pioneering we do. If Jesus is not at the forefront, if the Holy Spirit is not in on it, then you're just forming a social group, and I'm not interested in that, and I'm not there yet on my message. Um, so that is the question that Peter and I want to be asking you all. And it's the question we're asking ourselves is, where do we see this church in 10 years? And where do you see yourself in this church in 10 years? What part do you play in it, if any? And again, this is questions Peter and I are asking ourselves as well. Um, all, of the, uh, all of the guest speakers were really good. Um, we had one that his name was Josie, and he was an apostle. He's planted like 950,000 churches <laughs> in India. I mean, it was phenomenal, super organized. I mean, he came and he brought, I mean, he preached about the Great Commission and what our commission is. And I mean, it just lit me up on the inside. I was, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and then we had another, a lady who came and she was a pastor of a church. I can't remember where, but she was more of a pastor's heart. And she talked about um, taking care of our sheep and what it means to really love, that it's sacrifice, that it's relationship. And that's, and um, so we heard from her and then we heard from some other people, like I said, the younger ones or people who were talking about the pioneering and about all the different um, unique ways they're trying to reach people in Australia and especially the younger generation. And uh, so by the end of it, quite honestly, I was like on this emotional roller coaster because when I go to a service, I'm all in. I want to know what that person has because God has put that person in front of me for a reason and I want to know what they have and I want what they have. They're a gift to us, right? 
They've, they've got a gift to offer. I want what they have. I don't think there's anything greedy or selfish about that. Um, but I was a little bit on this emotional roller coaster by the end of it because you have like this apostle, you know, he's saying, this is how you grow the church. And then you have the pastor. He's like, this is how you grow the church. And then you have these pioneers who are like, I mean, they're, they're exploring all these ways of reaching people and growing the church. And I was just kind of like, whoa, so what's going to work, God? <laughs> Why did you send me here, you know? Because God has really been speaking to Peter and I recently about relationship, about getting to know a person and, and really having ministering out of love. Um, and so God's been speaking to me about that. But then here's this Josie guy who's got me all fired up. And so I just went to God. And I was like, God, you've got to settle this in me. What do you want from me? <laughs> Do you want me to be on fire and all out for souls? Or do you want me to lovingly, you know, am I, is it all about relationship? And um, so here's basically, <laughs> this peace just came over me. And I realized, and, I, and this is something else God has been speaking to me, is we all have different giftings. We need each other. I need to hear from that pastor who has the heart for her sheep and what that looks like because God has called Peter and I here to be pastors. But at the same time, I have the heart of an evangelist and I can't be satisfied. I'm not happy doing anything but sharing the gospel and seeing people come and their lives transform. I think every believer, every believer should be doing that. But see, it's, and also, and the Josie guy, we need to know how to grow churches what is the commission? Planting churches. I mean, we need, to be, we need to be bumping shoulders. We need to be rubbing off on each other. That's what we're supposed to do. We all bring a gift. And so it really caused me to look at myself and say, what about, what do I have to offer here? And God, what do you want from me? Because um, you could get dizzy trying to keep up with the fads and trying to keep up with what's going to work, um, to reach the lost. You know, we could do this or that. We could have service at night. We could, okay, that's not working. Let's, um, you know, what if we tried this kind of worship? Oh, let's try, uh, mm, let's try serving coffee during service. No, that's not, let's try the, let's, it's, you, do you guys understand what I'm saying? How many options there are of ways to do church out there? I've heard so much, thing. I never even thought about people having an issue with words being up on a screen. I've heard comments, seen them on Facebook where people are like, I don't believe that that's the church because they're, you know, all these jumbotrons and skinny jeans. And I just think, what? dear Jesus, like, you know, and I've never thought that. You have to make a choice. Okay, either everybody sees the screen or we go back to reading from a paper and a hymnal. What is the difference for one? For two, it's just, it's practical, you know? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? It's almost like trying to take a step backwards. Well, you know, it's, it's about the heart. It is about our heart. It's about bringing our gift and offering it to God, whatever your gift is, whether it's evangelism, whether it's apostleship, whether it's pastor, whether it's preacher, whether it's teacher, whether it's uh, hospitality, whether it's gifts of faith, whether it's, um, 
giving, all these things are gifts that God has poured out on his church. And it takes all of us coming together and honoring each other's gift to accomplish what God has for us. Um, so here are a few things that I've, I've made this personal decision. Um, I'm not going to try to, this, actually this is not, yes, it is one of them. <laughs> I'm not going to try to fit in. I've already tried this method in life, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to try to fit into cultures, people groups, personalities, tastes for church. Um, and here in Katoomba, I don't, you guys probably know that there are a thousand, there's so many people groups represented here in Katoomba. Um, so many wonderful, different kinds of people. I just love Katoomba for that reason. But I'm not going to make myself dizzy trying to fit in or blend in. Um, I, and I don't prefer the sneak attack approach. I'm going to just, you know, quietly come into a person's life and then one day like, boom, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That's not me. That's not me. All I know is to be f just me. And I wear Jesus everywhere I go and, um, and with, with, with wisdom. But I'm not going to try this, the sneak approach. I'm just going to be me. Um, I am open to change, innovation. I'm excited to see how God wants to move here in this place. Um, but it won't come with confusion because that's what I recognize at the end of all these different strategies of ways to reach people. It made me confused about what God wants. God, that's not how God leads. He does not lead with confusion. I have peace about being myself in this place. I have peace about the lighthouse being itself in this place, that God will lead us and that we are confident if we come from a place having sought God for what he wants in this place, we can be confident and we can just be ourselves. The lighthouse, you, be yourself. Um, I want that freedom for this place. <clears throat> um, I have so much more written on that, but I won't. Um, just skip ahead. Um, so another thing. Hmm. Okay, so another thing is I am firmly standing on. Um, I'm going to be me. And number two is uh, judgment. I am not going to be judgmental. Um, did you know that it is actually possible? First of all, do you know you can hear God's voice? Do we all know that? That you can hear from God individually, personally hear from God? You can. And... It is possible, more than possible, for us to be led out, be led by the Spirit. You come to God, you seek God for an answer, and he will reveal it to you. It's that easy. But so many times, we are led out of a spirit of judgment. And I'm just going to be really honest with you. I hear it too much in the body of Christ judgment on other people other ministries how they're doing it and and i heard it and i heard it this last weekend and it's almost like this um the way that you're directed a person you know being directed you know says oh well that's not god i'm not doing that oh that's not real worship i'm not doing that oh that's not uh that's not the i'm not comfortable with that 
God, how will you lead me? And then they want to walk forward after you just place judgment on all these people around you who are seeking God fervently the same way you are. And God answered them, and they're doing what they feel called to do, and yet we've got judgment on them. And then you expect God, all of a sudden, you know, you've exempted yourself because, I want to share this with you. I felt important to do that. And Romans Oh, there it is. In Romans 2, 3, it says, uh, well, we'll start in 1, verse 1, 2, verse 1. Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. I also want to read in Matthew 7, 1, 2, 7, 1. Chapter 7, verse 1 through 2. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. So if you think you hold the stick or the ruler, and you get to decide what is real worship, what is real you know, what is not, if you think you hold the ruler, well, with whatever measure that you judge another ministry or another person, it will be measured back to you. That's a pretty scary thought. Could it be that that is why maybe the church is so hindered? Why the church is so suppressed is because you're judging yourself? Because you're pulling down other ministries and pulling down other people? Because God forbid... You know, somebody has heard from God or they're doing something that works. And so we pull them down and we think that we're doing a good thing by judging when really we're only hindering ourselves. Who are we to decide what is a real gift to God? That's for him to decide. So I just want to suggest, and this is something that I've made a declaration, I don't want to talk bad about another ministry or another person or what they're doing, and that goes for the churches in this area. It goes for you individually, and it goes to, to any church in this world. I don't want to pull other ministries down and suggest that I know what God has called us to do and they're not doing it right or whatever. Could, it, could we as the lighthouse be a church that we believe in people, that we encourage people, that we live to edify people, to bring people up, to encourage them in the plan of God for each other's life. What if we were known for that? Because, you know, the Bible actually says this is how the world will know that you are mine is they will see your love for one another. So this is, that's my stance. I hope that the lighthouse can be known as a church that doesn't gossip, that doesn't bring people down, that we are truly, we go to God, we hear from the Holy Spirit, and we do. That our direction doesn't come from, nah, no, nah, no, and then get your direction. That's not how we hear from God. Does that make sense? Good. Amen. Ah, Thank you. Oh, that's the first, you know what? You're the first person who has said, preach it to me. I just want to thank you so much. Oh, 
oh, I come from a church where we do, we get, we say preach it, we say amen, we say yes, we, yes, that's, that's what I come from. So it is difficult sometimes, <laughs> but no, I know, I know you are, and it's about the heart. I know that it's about the heart, and that's right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't think you all understand being in this position. I don't think it's a secret that Peter and I are kind of new at this whole pastoring thing. <laughs> Did we let the cat out of the bag? Just, I don't know if you knew. But it is hard when you go back to, I go home in the evenings after I have preached, and the enemy it's just constantly, why did you say that? You shouldn't have said that, or the way you said that, or the way you looked at that. And then, I mean, it's just like, I have, it's, but you know what? I have to get it out. We all have gifts, and we have to get it out. Do you want to get it out? Because it feels really good, not because of your reaction, but because I know that I have satisfied the call of God on my life for that day, and that is satisfying. Amen. Okay, thank you for that so much. That was encouraging. Um, the third thing, I just have to find number three. Oh, there it is. The third thing. So the first thing is, I am going to be myself. I am not going to judge. And the third thing is, I am unapologetically a, a Pentecostal. Here is what I, you hear, like I said, there's all these all these groanings of, oh, this isn't working, and oh, this and that, and, and oh, um, if we just tried this, maybe if we, you know, all, and, and, and um, I've been tempted to do it. I have been so tempted recently to be like, oh, if we just rearrange, if we just paint, if we just, you know, like, how do you get people to catch on that God loves you and he has a plan for your life? How do you do it, you know? And here is the thing. I believe in a God who can do the impossible. So much of what I hear is how can we fix it? How can we change it? How can we do this? And I'm telling you, you will turn your brain into a pretzel trying to do things in the natural that you cannot. If you think that we can bring this nation back to God with some more statistics or some more teaching or some more... Uh, strategies or more intellect you guys are you know what I was so I'm not that was not that I thought <laughs> that it was gonna say bad I was really surprised when I came here everybody here just seems so educated <laughs> maybe it was the enemy making me feel like you're so uneducated but everyone here has been through some kind of schooling or bible school you guys are brilliant full of knowledge, full of intellect. And that's amazing. I don't believe that these things are separate from God, like it's ungodly to be intelligent or it's ungodly to go to school by no means. But I know that a move of God is not going to come from another, you know, another teaching, another degree of theology. And I, I, I know. I truly believe uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. We have a God who can do the impossible. Um, hmm. I'm making that declaration that that is who I am. I am 100% full-on a Pentecostal. And I do believe that the Antioch Church, 
I was so excited to hear these things coming from, you know, this is the vision coming from up top because whatever's at top is going to trickle down, right? And this is the vision that we have to look forward to is the Antioch Church as our standard. The Holy Spirit being welcomed in. You know, it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus that signs, miracles, and wonders began to come forth. He stepped into his ministry when the Holy Spirit came upon him. The church... Oh, let's see. Did I write it down? No, I don't guess I wrote that scripture down. <clears throat> when the, when the, the, uh, the disciples, the Bible said that there was a moment, and it was in that upper room when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, that they stepped into their ministry as well. There is power in the Holy Spirit. There is power in the Holy Spirit. And I don't believe that if you want a move of God and you want to see a revival, shutting out the Holy Ghost is the way to do it. It's the complete opposite. Um, amen? I know the power of the Holy Ghost. I've been introduced to him. I've seen sign miracles and wonders. I've seen them flow through these hands. I've seen them flow through people I know. I've seen it. You can't, I can't, I can't move from the word of God. And also, I can't move from my experience. God has come to confirm his word in our life. And that's my declaration. I want this to be a Pentecostal church where the Holy Spirit is free to move. And I just want to tell you, uh, Pastor Ian and Helen, what we have here, even the, even the way the Holy Spirit has been free to move here, is uncommon among many of the other churches. They are actually recognized as being pastors who are different. <laughs> I don't care. I want to be different. I have never gotten anywhere with God being any other way. I do believe that it looks radical. I do believe that it looks strange. But if the Antioch church is our standard, they looked pretty strange to the people around them too. So strange that people thought they were drunk. I'm not, I'm not, mm. <clears throat> Amen? I want the Holy Ghost in our services. I want the gifts of the Spirit operating in our services. I've been in services before where people are, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about really people laid out under the power of God and me being one of them. I've been in services, Peter and I were in the service one time and um, the Spirit of God came down so heavy and I don't know where our kids were that night. They must have been with uh, grandparents. But Peter and I were at the service, and literally, we couldn't speak. We got, we got to our cars, and we sat in the car. I don't even know how long. I think it, it could have been 10 minutes. It could have been an hour. I have no idea. But we could not speak. All we could do was just sit there. I've been in services where... Um, I've seen people falling out in laughter. I've seen people, um, you know, running around the room. I've done that. Um, I've seen people rolling around the floor. You might think that these things are crazy. And you say, and that's not even, I'm trying to keep it mild, <laughs> some of the things that I have seen. And people say, what's the point in all that? And what, what's the fruit in all that? Well, if you don't know, then you don't know. 
But the fruit is, I'm here in this nation. I'm following the call of God on my life. Because see, right then when the Holy Spirit falls and the Holy Spirit moves in your life, and that's what I'm talking about here, right? I know that the Holy Spirit has the power to move in people's lives however you wish, but I want in our church services for God to meet with people. I want people to discover their destinies. I want people to know what they have been called to do. And when you, and when you ask God to come and you create that atmosphere, God makes deposits and impartations in you and on you that equip you to do what you're called to do. And so while you might not see, you might see what you think are acts of the flesh or whatever you think it is, the fruit is you're going and you're serving and you're doing and you're living for God. Um, I, I just want to say, like I said, God has really been speaking to me. He's been, I think, rounding me out a bit. And... Um, I, I love you guys more than I ever even thought possible. And God has been showing me that there really is something to relationship. Um, but I did not come here. I did not leave my home in the U.S. I could tell you all the things we walked away from, but honestly, it does not hold a candle to what I believe God wants to do here. Because that is gratifying. And I did not leave everything that I left to come here and play board games. I hope you hear my heart in that. I, I, I totally understand relationship is important. Relationship with me and you, it is important. So important. But I truly believe that this relationship and this relationship is is the important thing. It is the most important thing. Because I could try to, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to go in that any further. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? The relationship between you and God, it really is more important than what, than what I can give you. Um, and I'm not opposed to fun. Oh, I'm all about fun. If y'all, some of you might recognize that about me. I love to have fun. I love people. I love having people over. And, 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 I, and I'll, I'll play a board game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to do it in an exchange for the power and the fire of God. That's what I'm here to do. I have come here to release the power of God that's on the inside of me. And I fully believe with all my heart that each of you, you have something on you and in you that you need to take as well. And you're not going to get it from playing board games with me or Peter. <laughs> Peter will beat you anyways. He's really good. I don't like playing games with him. He's too good. Um, especially Monopoly. He's got these, his brain, he's really brilliant. And like he just... <laughs> We play, uh, what is it, Clue. He has figured out some kind of a mathematical way to beat you every time. I don't know. He's tried to explain it to me, and my, just, my brain just twisted. I'm <laughs> like, I don't know. Okay. Um, can I just, uh, what time is it? Are you, guys, are you guys up? Are you up for something just a little bit more? Would that be okay? Can I? Okay. 
I wouldn't have him keeping track of time. Can you play that video? Well, no, first of all, I just want to say, okay, this morning, this morning, um, some dear friends of mine from my same home church back home from Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, a year before Peter and I left out to come to Australia, and I just want to give you a little bit of background. My church back home is called World Outreach Church, and we send out missionaries uh, every year. Um, we have ambassador in I don't know how many nations, um, but reaching the lost is the heart of this church. And so I have some dear friends of mine, and just before Peter and I left, almost a year to the day, uh, almost a year to the day, they left to be missionaries to Paris. And um, my pastors truly believe that there is a move of God waiting to be tapped into in Paris. And so, so many people, can you imagine? Because I think about all the backlash we got from friends and family. Like, oh, you're called to Australia, huh? Like, because we picture beaches and, oh, and they just thought, oh, they're just going to live, you know. And then we get here and we're like, <laughs> we are blessed. The mountains, I thank God, thank you for calling us to this place. But do you know that the plan of God is not based on natural things? It has nothing to do with how beautiful Australia is or how great it is. But people you're going to be tested. You step out into plan, God's plan for your life, people are going to try to figure it out. Why would they do that? Oh, they just want to go to Australia because this and this and whatever. Well, they're called to Paris. Could you imagine how much backlash they got from people? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, you're called to Paris. Good for you. Yeah, you know, eat a crumpet for us while you're there or whatever. So anyways, I want to show you a year later, they went knowing just a handful of people. This is not a third world country. I just saw this video this morning, so it's kind of hot on my, hot on my burner, whatever. I don't know. So anyways, will you just watch this for just a second?
when I saw this video this morning, I was so instantly cut to the heart. And um, like I said, these are my dear friends who went to Paris with like nothing, you know, other than they did have the support of our our, uh, pastors back home. And so they've started this um, group of believers call, and they're calling it the fire base in Paris. And um, I was really cut to the heart because, well, number one, when I saw us so proud of my friends, I know those people. And I'm proud of their accomplishments. I'm amazed at what God has done through them. Um, the second thing that I experienced when I saw that video this morning was a godly jealousy. I want that for us. I want that for Katumba. I want that for the churches and the mountains. I want to see God move like that in this place. I want to see that. This is not... um, This isn't Thailand. This isn't Nepal. This is Paris. People who have jobs just like you do. People who have kids just like you do. And yet they have found time to come and seek and pray God with a fervency. Because we think, oh, well, in Thailand, maybe they don't have anything better to do with their time. Or, oh, things are so terrible there that, you know, whatever. This is Paris. When are we going to stop having excuses as to why our prayers don't look like that? And I know, I can hear it in my mind, oh, well, we're, we're this, and we don't do it like that. <laughs> well, I've never seen <laughs> people like that. They're known for being stoic people. And there they are, not giving a crud <laughs> about what they look like, what they sound like, but they are fervently crying out to God. Um, and that's, I, I guess that my thing too is when are we going to stop having these excuses? Because I realize we all have life to live. We all have kids. We all have a job. But what is the point of all this? What's the point of church? What's the point of all of this? And that's, I guess, what I want. I'm asking myself. Did I come here? This was the other thing that, uh, the conviction that fell on my heart. Because I have been tempted to play board games. I have been tempted to try to do whatever I can, you know, to, to, do, to reach, the, reach the people. I believe that the power of God is the way to get to people. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe that God wants to move like that here in this church. And so when I think and I project my mind into a year from now, I don't care. They only have like, what, 20, 30 people maybe? 25, 30 people? It's not about numbers. It is about the heart. It's about a cry for God. It's about, it's about more than I know how to give you. Um, oh, I just wanted to share. Oh, where's my phone? Did I bring? Oh, it's in my back pocket. <laughs> okay. 
I just want to share something with you real quick. Um, I have a friend back at home. Her name is Iris. And you want to talk about um, an encourager? Listen, an encourager is a supernatural gift, just like all the other gifts. But a, an encourager isn't somebody who just says, oh, you look good today. Oh, you, you know, you're, you're so good at that. You're, okay, those are compliments. An encourager is a supernatural gift. <laughs> and this woman, is a dear friend of mine, she has this amazing gift of an encourager. I mean, things, I can't even tell you all the ways that the expression of this gift's com- gift comes out. Everything from she knows my kids' names, and we're friends, so naturally she would. But I'm saying like Christmas time, she sent out all these care packages to, she, she, ha- she knows tons of missionaries, but God has, you know, like put on her heart, you know, a, a few specific ones that she can really make a difference to. And so she sends out these care packages. And there's everything in there from just Christmas garb that you don't even need. But it doesn't matter because you're just like, oh, you're just missing home. And you're like, yay, a Christmas tea towel. <laughs> Thank you. You know, anything. It's just, it was wonderful. It was the thought that she thought about my kids and what they liked. Before we moved over here, she took us, she had this whole day plan. Her and her husband had a whole day plan for us where they took us, they took my kids, Henry, they know, they know Henry so well. They took Henry to go ax throwing. <laughs> I mean, they, um, they, took, they took Landon to go rock, rock climbing. They had a whole day of fun planned for us bef- and to send us out. And I can't even tell you the times where I've felt so down and she just calls, you know, randomly. And she, you know, says, hey, what's up? And, and just when you leave her presence, you feel so like a million dollars. You feel like you could take on the world. Um, that's a supernatural gift. So she sent me this because God has put the nations on her heart. She has a burning fire to go to the nations. And her wonder is, God, why am I still here in the United? She did live in Hong Kong for a year. But she has got this burning fire on the inside of her to see every person somehow participating in going to the nations. And so, um, and God's putting together, it's amazing, like he's putting together this, like, teaching for her and her husband. And I truly believe that they'll step into that. Um, But so that's been her cry is, God, I love the nation so much. Why am I still stinking here with all these people who are not hungry? They don't care about God. They don't care about the nations. They don't know about the Great Commission. Why am I still here? (laughs) And it's painful because I've been there. I've been there where there's this fire so burning on the inside of you and you think, God, you better either satisfy it or you better take it away from me. I've been there. And so she sent me this she sent me this thing one time and honestly I when I first you know was when God called us to Australia I would rather be in Thailand I'd rather be in Nepal I'd rather be in China I'd rather be in these places where these people are hungry for God and there's churches popping up left and right and there's this underground church and all that found sounds I want to be a 007 for Jesus that's what I want to be you know and then God calls us to Australia and I think I mean, I'm thankful, but at the same time, you know, America and Australia are very similar in the way that it's just like this passive thing you do. You just go to church and you, you put in your time, but you don't live it. Not really. You know, it's like this, there's no, like, where's the hunger? Where's the fervency? Where's the crying out to God on your knees? Where is, where is this? And, um, and so I resented in the beginning because I thought, 
you may as well, I might as well just stay here, you know? <laughs> but I truly believe that God wants to revive this nation. I believe it with all my heart. And I believe that it's part of a reason why I'm here. I was actually in a service where my pastor, that's where he's like, Tulsa is known for being a birthplace of revivalists. T.L. Osborne, um, Kenneth E. Hagan, um, uh, Oral Roberts. These people are revivalists and they were birthed out of Tulsa. And so do I believe that that has something to do with me? Absolutely, I do. I do believe that we carry a spirit of revival. And um, I want to be a part of it. And so she sent, um, my friend Iris, my encourager friend, she sent this to me in the middle of me being so, like, dumbfounded, like, you know, God, why am I here, you know? And she says, well, she didn't say this. This is a, she had heard it because it was an encouragement to her, so she sent it to me to encourage me. And it says, wake up the sleeping fireman. After returning home from serving as missionaries for several years, our hearts ached to be back among the people. We knew God was preparing us for something different in missions, but sometimes we cried out to God saying, there are so few people who are willing to live among the unreached people, but we are willing, so why aren't we there? God used a wise man's words to bring clarity to what he was calling us to in missions. The man said, you can go with your bucket and put out the fires of the enemy, or you can wake up the sleeping firemen. God was asking us to be among those who would raise up the armies to go. It is our privilege in Ames to stir the hearts of believers all around the world to an active concern for reaching the nations. That really spoke to my heart. <laughs> because while Peter and I might be able to go and be in this third world country, and you know, I fantasized about it for years, about living up on this mountain. I had to learn their language, and, <laughs> and that sounds so romantic, doesn't it? Like, oh, it's so beautiful. No, let's forget about how hard life must be, you know? But um, I wanted to do that, and you know what? We can bring our bucket to that nation, or how wise is it to send someone to wake up the firemen? How many buckets? How many buckets must we carry? Um, that's it. That's what I wanted to share with you guys today. Um, <clears throat> let's pray. Heavenly Father, <laughs> oh, Father, I just, um, I just pray, I just pray that we would be in tune with your heart. This isn't about me. It's not about us individually. It's about you. It's about what you're trying to do on this earth. Lord knows, we're, you're not trying. We know you're not trying. But I do believe, Father God, that you are waking up your firemen, that we are being called to aims, that we are being called at such a time as this to wake up, tap into, step into the life that you've called us to. Father, I just say, here am I. Here am I. Father, I know that you honor your word. So I just thank you, Father God, as you've called us here, and we put our hand to what you've called us to do individually and as a church 
and as a body. I thank you, Father, that you will be there with signs, miracles, and wonders following, confirmation of your word that you are God and you are good. Hallelujah. God, would you stir a a hunger on the inside of us? Would you give us an appetite, an appetite for you? God, stir us. like we've never been stirred. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that you've poured out your Holy Spirit upon us, that within each of us are beautiful gifts to be used to equip the saints for the calling to go into the nations. And I know, God, it's not all about that. I know that there is a relationship. There, are, there is a love amongst the churches. I understand all that. But, Father, I do believe that we have gotten out of balance. And it's not in another strategy. It's not in another game night. It's not in another... It's not where we're going to find you. It is not, it's not the answer. So, God, would you show us and would you lead us as a church? Would you lead us in the way of life. Would you lead us into your plan, your purposes? Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you to do what you want to do, and we let go of control. We let go of what we think you're going to do or how you move or how you, we've seen you move or what is or what isn't, we let go and we just say, we need you. We need you, God. We love you. We worship you and we thank you that you are the answer. You are always the answer. King Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Katoomba Lighthouse Church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at 126 Victoria Street in Katoomba. For more information, look us up on Facebook or our website, katoombalighthouse.com. Thank you, and God bless.